finally fucking returned. Stefan is back. For once, I'm not wearing the T-shirt that Stefan's wearing. Otherwise, we would have been wearing the exact oh. same T-shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing. I'm repping Jay here. You are repping Jay. I've got my Even custom piece. Here. I've got my custom piece made by Jay, where it's basically that, but instead of having the alien, I made him make it look like it's a tree of life. So I made him cut out the bottom part of the alien. Yeah. Um. But yes, I'm back. I'm actually back up north from down south. I did prep a hot chocolate for this, but in waiting for Stefan to prepare the fun evening of this, Ooh. I've drank it all. This is ideal. My um, branded yeah. energy drink that I would otherwise have to cover is actually in a green can, so it disappears at certain points. It disappears when it's not directly in front of you. <laughs> I've got the ingredients at the back because I'm a professional. Yeah, yeah, I can't man. get it to focus properly. Oh no, there was, not, the name was on there. Other energy drinks are available. There's an energy <laughs> drink in in here. There's an energy drink in my notes. There's an energy drink in <laughs> our fucking brains from the way this sounds like it's going to go, but let's get straight to it. So, there is only two of us this week. There are, there are only two of us some this people. would be the English version of that sentence. Um... Yeah, thankfully for some people. So because the other guys are off, when it's me and you, it's not that it's not engaging, it's not that it's not interesting, but it's just the chat always works better with more people. It's just a two yeah. So I thought, why not use an opportunity? Why not use this as an opportunity to pick your brain to test you a little bit, to use some research that I've just had sitting on the back burner that I haven't been using at all so far. Of course. So I made myself a little. A little quiz, which we can... We're not just going to rattle through and answer the quiz and stuff. We'll talk about it a little bit. I've got some background information on it. I am certain you will have questions. So it's only 21 questions. Guaranteed. Right, so... This is a quiz by us. It is guaranteed (laughs) that I will have questions about the questions in the quiz. So it does have a theme, fit straight off the bat. So all of this is um, old, old medical treatments and prescriptions and stuff. So it's all um, things yes, that trying. were uh, okay. I'm trying used uh, to treat several things um, across history and across several different countries. I just went through history and picked the stupidest shit I could find. Okay, um, stuff that by today's standards are insane. Um, there are only twenty one. I think. Oh, should I be? Just, I, I was going to say if you get eleven or more, so just more than half. Should I go 10 or more? Do 11 or more. Do just over half. If you get, if you get 11 or more. more. Alright, so if you get more than 10 and a half. So you go to 11 or more. Unless, unless you get a half point somehow. Um, <laughs> on a multiple choice, I might say, because there was no way in hell you're going to get these just by guessing. So I have made it uh, like... Uh, At least know. feasible. Yeah, it's like the chase style. There's three, there's A, B and C. you got to pick it. There's no funny schmella here. That's It's not that kind of game. Okay. Says the person who's named See You Over Morrow, a word which has fallen out of life. A word that has fallen out of life. Over morrow means the day after tomorrow. It's a good word. It does. It's an amazing it word. Is, how good would it. the day after tomorrow film have been if it was just called Over Morrow? I know. It's so Such much a easier. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask you questions, multiple choice. You're going to answer them. We're going to chat about them. If you get 11 or more, so if you get more than half. Uh, I, I will. There will be a prize. There is a prize for you, which I don't technically have right now, but that'll become apparent when you receive the prize if you win. Okay. So should we start? 
Yes. Dr. Young's rectal dilators. <laughs> okay. Were That's prescribed a good start. to cure what condition? A. Hemorrhoids. B. Insanity. Or C. Measles. Anal dilators. Yeah, I I couldn't think of a I have I've mixed up the answers, but I couldn't think of a third option for this. So my other half actually pitched in with one of the right, okay. answers. <laughs> so, what was the three options? A hemorrhoids, B insanity, or C measles. I'm sure insanity. The cure that they used to have was a vibrator, or like sexual stim- stimulation. Hemorrhoids. I feel like they would probably try it, but honestly, I'm going to have to go with the stupidity of measles, because it's usually the most stupid of the options is the correct one. It's not out of four answers, but is that your final answer? Should, I don't know if I should do your lifeline. What I'm saying, so so what what was the third option? Because I thought, I thought it was like mes- measles, What's hemorrhoids, it? and insanity, wasn't it? Uh, Dr. Young's rectal dilators were prescribed to cure which condition? Hemorrhoids, insanity, or measles? Yeah, so I'm going to go measles. Okay. Uh, it is insanity. <laughs> okay. Uh, in what looks like... Well, they are just... This isn't going to work now. I'm going to send you it, but they are just butt plugs. Uh, it yeah. says, this box contains one set of four dilators. Dr. Young's, registered US patent office, rectal dilators. <laughs> Price three dollars seventy five per set in the US. Sold only in sets, so you couldn't buy one rectal dilator. I had to buy all four. Uh, directions are to be used only by or on the prescription of a physician. Right. <laughs> Notice to the dealer: Doctor Young's rectal dilators may be sold only on prescription. <laughs> and then warning: avoid using in case of bleeding, since this oh, may okay. indicate a serious condition. Yeah, you've just ripped someone's arsehole off as the series yes. goes. Avoid use of excessive force in the introduction of the instrument. So he felt the need to tell doctors not to force it until it bled. I mean... That, that, that's a good start, yeah. Okay. I mean, I've, I've, heard, got, of, I've got to say this. I'd heard of them describing like masturbation and stuff for insanity and like for female hysteria, but I'd I'd never heard of them literally just giving you butt plugs for insanity. So that's your 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 zero your zero for one. Mm-hmm. Your zero for one. You're after a you're after a a poor start, but don't worry, we've got plenty more. So the second question is. Ingesting powdered blank was often prescribed to treat cuts, bruises, and epilepsy because they're all linked. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, A. Powdered tree bark. B. Right. Powdered garlic. Or C. Right. Powdered corpses. Powdered corpses? <laughs> it is powdered corpses. <laughs> it is powdered corpses. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard of that one before. I'm sure I've heard that before, where it was like some weird urban 
thing like when was that done because i'm sure it wasn't that long ago compared to a lot of other medical it, science as well it, no well it was actually it was it was kind of middle ages so 15th and 17th, oh, okay. uh, 16th and 17th century sorry medical professionals okay. were of the impression that ingested corpses would help with cuts bruises and many more ailments chiefly epilepsy this practice was so popular in europe that graveyards and tombs were raided and bodies removed so yeah <laughs> I I, Uh, I knew knew there was something about like graveyards and stuff getting raided just so they could powder them up for something but I I couldn't remember what it was for until you said like to cure epilepsy and cuts and just be stupid yeah so the ancient corpses would be made into a powder and prescribed to a patient who would mix it in with water and drink it as if it were a paracetamol nice nice so not even food or anything that would taste disgusting yeah Let's put a dusty old bit of half mummified twelfth century king toe into some water. They come are, here, like, come here, love. We've got to stop your seizures. Have a bit of granddad. <laughs> oh, come see, on, granddad will cure you. Granddad will cure you. Just drink them up. So, the next one, number three, in the USA. That's a, that's a good start straight off. Yeah, that. that's an amazing start straight away. <laughs> In the early 1900s, it's getting better. Yeah. Asthma was treated using a cough syrup. Yes. Right? The mixture included which ingredients? A. Okay. Alcohol and cannabis. Right. B. Chloroform and morphine sulfate. Or C. Okay. All of the above. All of the above? You think it has alcohol, cannabis... Chloroform and morphine sulfate. Yes, and you are fucking right. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> it's the Americans. What do you expect? To probably put the cannabis and the morphine in to chill you out so you couldn't cough, and then put the alcohol and the fucking chlorine in to make you still well, live. I have yeah. Each ounce contains alcohol, less than one percent. You don't want a strong alcohol in this. Uh, no, of course not. About four and a half milliliters. Cannabis indicata, about four and a half milliliters. Okay. Chloroform, about two and a quarter milliliters. And morphine sulfate, about one eighth of a gram. And then it says, skillfully combined with a number of other essentials, makes this remedy the effective and beneficial one it is. Dosage, one half of a teaspoon three times a day and once on going to bed. For children of five years old, 15 small drops. One-year-olds or below, five drops. So right? they were giving it to kids. And then it says, in severe cases, double the above doses. No, because then you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> also, in severe no cases, kill yourself. No prescription in history has ever had written on it. If you don't feel like it's working, double it. There's yeah. a reason that the doses exist. <laughs> That's like taking the cough syrup bottle and just going, yeah, that's enough. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I love I love medicine facts because medicine's gone through so many ups and downs and it just seems to get more and more ridiculous. Well, we're going to... And the pirates were still the most inclusive. Yeah, they were, actually. That's a good point. Uh, we're going to the Victorian era for question four. 
Oh, fantastic. In the Victorian era, a tincture... The land of opium. A tincture of Nux Vomica. Right? Which is a natural remedy, so that's good. Well, being good right. in Europe. Yeah, um, of course. Was used to uh, treat headaches. Right? Despite mm-hmm. being recently described as unfit for human consumption, some homeopathists still use it to this day. Right? But what right. is another common use for the main ingredient of this deadly concoction? A, right. rat poison. Right. B, bleach. Or C, right. slug pellets. Bleach. This was... Bleach. This was to treat headaches. I'm going to go with bleach because I feel like rat poison, there would still be people who would drink it, but not as likely as people with bleach, especially with what's been going on with America. And I think if it was a slug pellet, like what we're talking slug pellet, or we're talking like shotgun slug pellet, or we're talking... Slug pellets is in the little blue pellets you put down to stop slugs. The little poisonous pellets. Okay, so we've got two poisons and bleach, so all poisonous, but in different ways. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go bleach. You're going bleach. You've been hoist by the mainstream media. You should have trusted your gut. It's rat poison. Oh, damn it. It is from the Strychnosnugs vomica, right? Which is also known as the strychnine tree. It's fucking strychnine. And I looked, and you can buy it on Amazon or eBay right now, and homeopaths still use it, despite taking one to two grams of normal Nux vomica often contains between 60 and 90 milligrams of strychnine, bearing in mind that 30 milligrams is enough to kill an adult human. Yeah. So more than a gram of this is likely to kill you, but you can just buy it on the internet. It is, yeah, it is strychnine. Rat poison. (laughs) Are you looking for it now? (laughs) I'm sure I've seen that in the science lab at work. Dude, you might have, you know. Probably. I mean, we've got all sorts. We've still got bottles of mercury powder and stuff, man. Oh, God. I didn't... I di- I, well, I don't know if I got into mercury on this. Oh, well, I did, because it's in the next question. <laughs> we've got a safe, which has a keypad lock and a padlock, which is radioactive and was only recently moved, and I'm not too sure where it was moved to, because it was in my computer cupboard. And it had a it had a yellow circle on the floor, which outlined its guideline of "do not enter this yellow circle," which was unfortunate because the yellow so- circle linked up with the doorway. So as soon as you walked in the doorway, you were in it. <laughs> and that's how Kyle's internet was so good. Yeah, <laughs> it was powered by its own small radioactive factory, mm-hmm. its own little power station. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where that safe's gone now because I, I had a look in the science room and I couldn't see it. I wonder if they've just gotten rid of it. Like you nuclear disposal. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that was I terrible. I'm sorry. I'll not do it. I, I applaud you for that, but that was terrible. <laughs> uh, well, we will go to another common cough syrup. Um, this Cavornia. time. No, not that common. Not, not nowadays <laughs> common. It was common at the time. Uh, this time in Germany. Uh, it was used to treat coughs and colds. But what did it contain as a main ingredient? A. Heroin. Oh, come on. B. Morphine. <laughs> C. Your old science friend at work, Mercury. Mercury. <laughs> Is that your final answer? 
I'm tempted by heroin because I'm sure heroin would have been in it. But I, just, I wish I could make a joke about that. Sort of first time I've heard that from you, but then it makes it sound bad. I know. <laughs> Go for it, man. Don't ever say I'm tempted by heroin on life. <laughs> I'm tempted by morphine. But no, the um, yeah. the it's just the thought of the Germans, but like. We know that the Germans have prescribed and dabbled with heroin and morphine and meth and all sorts. So it's mm. just the thought of them prescribing mercury to someone. You've... What, what's your... I'm going to go heroin against my better judgment of mercury. I'm going to go heroin. Your better judgment and reasoning was that you know the Germans have been dabbling with heroin anyway, and then we're going to move away from that just because you like mercury. <laughs> yeah, so I I'm going to go with heroin. Would tempt you. It is a false. It is a red heron. It is heroin. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope you're all keeping score because I'm not. <laughs> oh, I am. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm being. I'm being a good host. Good man. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, well, there. Uh, little was known about drugs in earlier times, so doctors only saw the surface benefits. Heroin was thought to be the perfect coffin when used in syrups, as it was a good substitution for morphine, as you do. Uh, it made patients happier and seemed to stop the cough, albeit for a short time. Yes, because they were on fucking heroin. Of course yeah. they were happier and didn't cough for a short time. <laughs> they were too busy battling imaginary demons while spaced out in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi. This is one of my favourites. This okay. was widely used, and for a long time, for long enough that I have a fucking coloured picture poster of it. Okay. Um. Blank was used uh, to be a widely accept used to be a widely accepted cure for syphilis. A. Cocaine. B, malaria, or C, acupuncture. When are we talking? Uh, widely used. Um, I will find an era. I've got Actually, an idea in my head, but I don't want to say. I'm sure. I'm sure I've heard of this, and I'm sure it's something like the tried to cure syphilis by giving people malaria. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I'm going with malaria because I'm sure I was. I'm sure I've heard something where they tried to cure something with another illness, but it was like pointless because they died anyway. I think I shot myself in the foot because I was talking to you about this a little while ago, and I didn't know if you'd remember it. So yeah, uh, syphilis uh, would die if they give basically a patient had syphilis. They would give the patient malaria. Malaria would obviously. Uh, create a very cell. very high, no, it would create a very high fever, and the high fever in the body would get so hot because your your temperature shoots up, uh, would actually kill the syphilis bacteria. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah, no yeah. one died. It was a brilliant cure because nobody died of syphilis, but everybody died of malaria instead. People died of malaria. Some got better, but a lot of them died of malaria. But the syphilis yeah. deaths are now. <laughs> I mean, you that's know, the that's the way government that's the way governments work, isn't it? Oh, the yeah, deaths, yeah. deaths fire this are down. Yes, but you've raised the deaths in this department. Yeah, but we don't care about that. We're just focusing on this. So, in if you do not like the energy drink that I'm drinking, or you don't like the other brands also, of today, 
What? Wait, 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 wait. You said you had a coloured poster of this in your room. Does that mean you had a coloured poster? No, 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 no. I said it's recent enough that I've got a coloured poster of it over my screen here. Like, it's recent oh, okay. enough that coloured posters existed because it's there. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking you had a coloured poster of it, and I'm sitting there trying to figure out <laughs> what that coloured poster looks like where it's yeah, syphilis being killed I've... by malaria. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally a poster I would have in my room, Kyle. <laughs> I mean... You can get science posters with just the periodic table and random shit on. I wouldn't be surprised if you can make something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you don't like modern day and you don't like modern day energy drinks, I don't. I've tried a few, especially the ones that come in powder form, because you can always taste the powder. It just goes gritty and weird. So yeah, and Coke, Coke's kind of your energy, if you like. I will offer you a healthier alternative from the past. Well, I say healthier. It's water. Right. Right. A lack of energy was often treated using a tincture of what water? So it's water. You 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 game for that again? Oh god. Okay. Is it A dirty water? B distilled sewage water? Or C radioactive water? Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now my brain's thinking distilled sewage water because that would be a batshit crazy scheme. But my heart says radioactive water. Just because it would probably make it bubble <laughs> a bit. And it it would probably... Yeah, it would probably have some medical effects. Not the desired ones, but it would have medical effects. Yeah, radioactive radioactive war. Yeah, I've got the point. <laughs> yes. Uh, it. <laughs> I will read you the bottle. Okay. Radathor. Radathor. Yes. Certified radioactive water contains radium and. Uh, why can't I read that? Mesothonium. Uh, it, it goes around the bottle and it, it's a photo, so I can't turn it. And in triple distilled water. So it wasn't distilled water. It was distilled water, but it was distilled with radium. Yeah, a little bit. But it was called Radathor, man, in the early 20th century. Radathor hit the market. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's with... the type of thing that we would try, honestly. Yeah, with big advertising campaigns that came, claimed it was a cure for the living dead. Uh, essentially, it was an energy drink before energy drinks existed. Uh, the product stayed on the market until 1932. <laughs> Obviously, no care for nuclear. <laughs> when billionaire and frequent Radathor user Eben Byers died after taking over 1,400 doses in total for a period of a few years. Despite having his whole upper jaw removed, he continued use and eventually passed from radiation-induced cancers that led the product to be withdrawn from sale. I'm sure I read something about him and what? about the whole thing of he drank this thing and it only got banned because he died. I'm what? sure I remember that. Why, after they have removed your whole upper jaw because of radiation, do you think, that's, that's helping. I've got more energy. Two, what... 
I mean, I was going to say, I was going to say, what was the company thinking? But at the end of the day, it's a big corporation. They were thinking, that's fine. That's fine. That's a, oh, we've killed a billionaire. We might pull that quietly. Yeah. Also, <laughs> the billionaire probably didn't even realise that was the thing that was killing them. He probably thought, oh, I can't be the drink. I've been drinking it for years. It must have been something I've done recently. <laughs> yeah. More than likely. Oh, God. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, I want to try it by the thought. Oh, for fuck's sake. I feel like... I, feel, I, I just want to know what that would taste like. Like, if Water, you drank it for years, it obviously tasted... Fall off. <laughs> I mean, it must have tasted good, because he drank it no, for years. He drank over a course of about two years, and it was literally a few drops at a time. I mean... It's a tincture, dude. I just want to know like, if it would actually little... taste different to normal water. A bit of tea or something. It's a tincture. Pardon me. Anyway, we shall move on to methadrine. Methadrine, okay. Methadrine was used in the 18th, 19th, and early 20th centuries. So this was very popular. Modern Uh, and popular, good. And it was to aid what? A, weight loss. B, pain relief, which I've spent relief wrong, but I've just noticed that. C, (laughs) healing deep cuts. So what did it We can't see, so it's all good. Uh, What was it? (laughs) Menaline. Methadrine. Me- methadrine. I'm going to say deep cuts because it sound, it's going to be a drug that I'm going to guess it supposedly clogged you up so that it did it, but I'm g- also going to assume that it might have caused quite a few heart attacks and blood clots in the process. You are incorrect. Oh, no. Okay, it, is it weight loss? It is weight loss. Damn it. Um... So in these in the eighteenth, nineteenth, and early twentieth centuries, it was considered a no-no because society, uh, gaining a little weight was considered a no-no by women. Society wanted women to be thin and slim. So uh, ladies were always trying their best to try the latest fad products. Products like methadrine claimed to keep the reducer happy and stave off cravings, and it did aid, aid weight loss. It was very good at, at weight, weight loss, to be fair. But didn't it give you like? Oh, what's that thing where you you just you like, anorexic? That's the one. Doesn't it cause anorexia or something? Uh, not really, but the reason it helped weight loss so much was because it was just pure methamphetamine. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, forced, forced, uh, forced <laughs> anorexia through meth. Yeah. I thought it sounded similar, but I didn't want to assume. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you go, because I wrote down, I, the way I wrote the question, I wrote the title into it. I considered rewriting it to write out methadrine because I thought it might get away with meth. And I thought if you clicked on that, the beginning's meth. And if you thought it even considered it maybe methamphetamines, you'd probably go for weight loss. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to roll with it. It doesn't sound like methamphetamines, and it's not just meth. It does sound like a product that could be anything. So I was hoping you wouldn't catch on to that one. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I've I've heard of loads of tablets that start with the words meth, but are actually useful. So, yeah. Uh, should we travel to a strange and foreign exotic land? Yes. Which tra- which far and exotic land are we travelling to, dear sir? In the nineteenth century, Australia. Ah, I don't know what's so more lovely. foreign and exotic: the nineteenth century or Australia. But we're going both. I mean, Australia in the 19th century, yeah, that would be exotic, yeah. Yeah. 
what was a cure for arthritis? I thought oh, to be. God. It wasn't an actual cure. I will clarify right now. This isn't a cure. Don't do it. Yeah, don't try, don't try any of this stuff at home, kids. We might joke that we'll want to try this radar, radathor, and stuff like that. Seriously, don't. Don't try radar and get thaw. your hands on any either, because I get the feeling that radathor will still be on the market somewhere. You've probably found some somewhere. Um, so, A, exercise. Right. B, sit inside a dead wheel. Right. C, a tincture of strong cannabis. Right. Sit inside a dead wheel because I'm sure I've seen somewhere there's a th- there was a thing where it was something like during the height of whaling and all that sort of stuff, it was meant to be the, some sort of liquid or gas coming from the blubber was meant to cure it. Exercise does actually help arthritis because I got prescribed certain exercises for when I was told that I I 90% going to get arthritis when I'm older it's and and cannabis has been known to help but depends how you do it whether it's oils or whatever but it's it's supposedly known to this day to still help a bit so I'm going to say well I'm going to say so... sit inside a dead whale yeah, yeah, cannabis logic is is it's all to do with the THC, so it doesn't really matter how you get it into your body. It's THC, which is tetrahydrocannabinol, which is a a compound in cannabis itself. The higher the THC content, the more tetrahydrocannabinol is in it, the stronger it essentially is. That's when it smells and tastes stronger or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it does have um, it reduces pain. So as we've just been told, as I'm explaining, exercise and cannabis are still treatments for arthritis. Uh, although cannabis is more of like a pain relief from it, exercise is more a prevent it getting worse type of thing. Uh, yeah. But you were correct; it was to sit inside a dead whale. So, in the nineteenth century in Australia, was it something to do with the the body's gases or something? Uh, no, uh, it just said in the nineteenth century, some doctors in Australia thought they had found the cure, the secret to curing arthritis, at least temporarily. According to them, the answer was to sit inside a whale for thirty hours. Um, it was supposed to relieve the pain for a whole year. The science behind it is iffy to say the least, but some patients actually tried it hoping they would be cured. In reality, all it did was make them stink. 30 hours, man. <laughs> I mean, I feel like by once the 30 hours are up, you're going to look like you've been cured of arthritis Can you? because you're going to sprint out of the thing as fast as humanly <laughs> possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where would one get a dead wheel? Probably yeah. the beach. Yeah, you, you've. <laughs> this was during the time where whaling was one of the main industries for things such as whale oil and just meat and whatever that you could get from whales. So it would have just been people would have went out whaling and come back with one, or would have washed up on shore. Australia does seem to have a habit of washing up animals on the shore. That, that is a good point though, because if a whale hasn't washed up and no whalers have came back. Well, it Whale did say it, re- it was meant to relieve symptoms for a year. So you only have to find a whale once a year. And sit in it for 30 hours. Well, once you found the whale. That's concerning, because that means you have to sleep in the whale. I mean, you'd probably stay awake, rocking back and forwards. You would probably stay awake, rocking back and forwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, with the size of whales, I wonder if you could hollow one out, but keep, like... 
keep the outside intact, but hollow one out, and then do like a guided tour through its skeletal structure and stuff. You're thinking like the whole hollow out a horse and sleeping it if you're in the desert, or no? I'm I'm thinking the literally get like museum type thing where they've got the oh. giant whale skeletons hanging, but instead of it just a being a skeleton, whale. it's the body with the skeleton, and you just hollow out yeah. all of the do... organs and stuff, and just have a tour of its insides. But you're banking on finding like a blue whale. Yeah, which is very rare for a blue whale to wash up. It's so rare that my fucking voice broke. <laughs> <laughs> so it's right inside the wheel. <laughs> I mean, could, could it be, though, that they're so rare because of the fact that we whalers killed the living shell with them so much? Well, no, the, it's rare that a blue whale will wash up because a blue whale is fecking huge and won't come anywhere near land if they live in the deep ocean. Yeah, it's usually saying. like sperm I'm... whales and humpback whales that get washed up. I'm not saying let, let one wash up. I'm saying... I'm not condoning this, by the way, but I'm saying for the time, I'm surprised someone didn't go out on a venture just to try and capture Dude, a blue I whale. Think, I read a thing a while ago that in the Natural History Museum, the big blue whale in there had a hidden trapdoor bit on the inside and the, the staff knew it was there and they'd go in and skive and the builders, because the builders put it there, when they would skive when they were doing building work. <laughs> and there was loads of like... Um, <laughs> Questionable adult magazines uh, and cigarettes and random stuff in there. And probably joints. Yeah. Probably did smoke a joint in the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. What if you do all three? What if you just run what if you like do exercise while smoking the joint within do the wheel? Exercise. Combine, <laughs> do exercise, yes. I mean you would need exercise. you would need well, um To be fair, if you were if you were in the Natural History Museum and there were people walking about, you'd be doing exercise because you'd be trying to disperse the smoke. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll smell it. Mummy, Daddy, why is that whale's eyes smoking? <laughs> oh, hi. Anyway, <sighs> should we move on? Yes, what's the next question? Yeah. I don't even know what score I'm on. I feel like I'm doing all right. Ooh, okay, so we've done seven questions. How many do you think you've... Oh, no, we've done eight, because I'm on nine, and that's how maths works. And I've just I looked like at I've question gotten, like, nine and said uh, you've done seven. I feel like I've gotten, like, four, right? You've got more than that. You're actually doing really well. You've got six out of eight so far. Yes. Um. So, back to our old friend Syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate-coated what tablets were used Jay's to cure old syphilis? syphilis? Oh, God. Chocolate coated what was used to cure? Okay. Chocolate coated what tablets were used to cure syphilis? A. Ecstasy. Right. B. Arsenic. Right. C. Sherbet. Looks like I've wrote double check that. Looks like I've wrote Starboard on it. (laughs) (laughs) Read your own writing, man. Okay. What the fuck's happening? Okay, the two options. I mean, it would not surprise us if they tried to prescribe chocolate-coated sherbet. But I get the feeling it's going to be arsenic or... What was the other one? Ecstasy. Ecstasy, arsenic or sherbet. So The problem is, we've already had one where it's the cure kills the disease but also kills you anyway. So I'm going to move away from the arsenic and I'm going to say ecstasy. 
just because my brain would love the thought of someone going into a hospital saying I've got saying I've got syphilis and someone going okay he has the cure and just handing you a chocolate covered ecstasy pill. So you're going with ecstasy. Yeah. You're ruining your streak, man. You should have trusted your gut. It's arsenic. Oh damn it! <laughs> I didn't think you would do two so close together. It does say it. The phrase "chocolate coated arsenic tablet" sounds like something you would see in a Stephen King novel. Yeah, but actually, Born it was a bona fide medicine. I can think Christy. I can think Christy. Yeah, in the nineteenth century, arsenic was deemed a suitable medicine for many illnesses. These chocolate coated tablets were supposed to treat syphilis. Oh, I forgot that they used to just drink arsenic as a fucking cure. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, so chocolate coat. I mean, I suppose one of the one of the major complaints most people seem to have about arsenic is the taste. So okay, chocolate covered arsenic. Yeah. Chocolate covered other, arsenic. Other than death. <laughs> chocolate covered death. <laughs> Now that's a good. That would be a good book. To be fair, chocolate coated death. Pretty much is if it's chocolate coated arsenic. <laughs> yeah. Um, in ancient Egypt, what was used as a contraceptive? Okay, I might know this because I know quite a few tales of ancient Egypt. So give us the options. A. A condom made of sheep's intestines. Right. B. Crocodile dung. Mm-hmm. All right. C. Keeping a cat in the room and praying to it. Right. So cats, yes, because they worshipped the cats, but I also know that they were the inventors of the first condom and it was from a fucking blood. Mm-hmm. Uh but I also know that these are the people that did enjoy using everything for anything and I would not be surprised if they would rub cow dung on themselves but I am going to say the, the bladder because I distinctly I distinctly remember that they would they are rumored to be the inventors of the first condoms and it was made of made of an animal's bladder and it was absolutely disgusting hmm Preventing pregnancy while still being able to enjoy intimacy isn't just a modern problem. It was an issue that stems back thousands of years. In ancient Egypt, the woman had a very questionable method that was not only dangerous but a logistical nightmare. They would take crocodile dung, insert it into their private areas as a means to prevent pregnancy from happening. Those killing themselves by having traction. It's obvious that it isn't a safe or hygienic practice, but it was very different time back then, and crocodile poop was abundant. Just because you've got loads of it doesn't mean you need to use it. Right. Okay, so... I'm guessing the whole bladder condoms just one of those myths where nobody can actually prove... Actually, yeah, nobody probably could prove it, honestly. The cat uh, thing, I... I feel like they would have done that anyway, because they, they prayed to cats for everything. Yeah, I believe that uh, the whole condom made of a bladder or intestines or whatever probably was used, but probably later and probably European. Possibly. I'm sure I've seen a comic depicting that thing where time traveller goes back in time and just messes with people by doing stuff like that. Yeah. It's probably where I've gotten it from. Maybe, I don't know. God knows. Oh well. Are you ready for the next one? No, but yes. 
blowing smoke up one's anus. Which was is used... <laughs> a common saying, yes. Well, actually, I'll get blowing, onto the smoke up your own anus. Yeah, so, uh, no, blowing smoke up one's anus was used to treat a number of ailments, including what? I'll get on that in a minute, but basically that's what blowing smoke up someone's arse was because the thought cured a lot of things, so it was like helping them out, like, you know, you're blowing smoke up their arse, you're making them seem better than they are, they're making them feel better, kind of thing. And also in 19th, I want to say, century London and around the UK, there used to be not life, you know, the life rings things next to canals and rivers. Yeah. There used to be a fucking smoke uh, billow, bellow, because the the thought that if someone was drowning, instead of pulling them out and giving them mouth to mouth, that you should tip them on the side and blow the smoke up their ass, and that would resuscitate them. I mean, I feel like it does. The so that's reverse. what blowing smoke up someone's asses. I feel like it would <laughs> make you probably breathe again, but that's because it would be forcing the air through your body, so it would have to come out of your mouth. Kyle. That would probably completely wreck your internals. You are not a qualified man of science or medicine, but I know you are a sensible enough man to know that the anus is not connected directly to the lungs in any way. I know it is not. <laughs> however, however, the anus is connected to the intestines. The stomach is connected to. All, All right, this isn't the skeleton it, song. <laughs> it, it, it does end up coming out of your mouth eventually. It would go, probably well, if, wreck your internals, but it no, would man. come out of your mouth. So it might not make you. It might not make you breathe again, but it might give the illusion of breathing via making the air escape from your mouth via so enough you're, force you're, and pressure. You're banking on building up enough pressure to reverse the entire digestive system. I mean, if you're going to blow smoke up someone's ass with bellows, I feel like they would be pumping pretty hard at those bellows. No, you just like a gentle, just blow some smoke up there. You're not trying to inflate them like a fucking balloon. Oh, look, he's up right now. He's four times the size he was as he floats away like that fucking girl in the fucking chocolate, in the chocolate factory. <laughs> nah, I feel, like, I feel like something like that would have happened at some point where they managed to reverse the the system just by putting too much effort in them. What was the original? What was the original question? Blowing smoke up to one's anus was used to treat a number of ailments, including what? A, colds, B, coffin, or C, a nicotine craving. It had nothing to do with that. We just went off on a tangent. <laughs> I'm going to say nicotine craving because it would have been a lot of people smoked and blowing smoke up your ass seems to, like, instead of inhaling it, you would get it shoved up your ass. So I feel like that would be the logical one. It's not going to be that, though, because that's that. too logical. So I'm going to go A, then, as my second answer. It's a cold coughing or nicotine craving. Yeah, cold. Colds. Yeah, you've. Yeah, it is colds. Don't give us that me. point because I did. I did technically say C as my first option, so don't give us a point for that. But right. that, I'm glad that that was. Uh... Um. Yeah. <laughs> NMS aren't something that anyone looks forward to, but sometimes they are a necessary evil. That being said, they are usually done uh, these days as a precursor to some other type of treatment or procedure. Back in the days of yore. They were described as a supposed cure for many different illnesses. There were also plenty of different enemas too, including tobacco smoke. Uh, smoke was blown into the back passage, as doctors believed the nicotine would stimulate the glands there, even though they even thought it could help bring cholera patients back from the brink of death. It was commonly used to treat headaches, colds, and stomach aches. So it was colds, as the one I'd written down for that one. 
Okay. I have. Um, um, I mean, did it cure stomach aches by making them shit themselves as soon as they pulled the damn things out? Possibly. Especially if it was a nicotine enema. Yeah. Hey. Anyway, sorry. Please continue. I have a contender <laughs> for best name of the podcast. We'll go right straight up to the top next to Radathor. Okay. Powder of Sympathy. Powder of Sympathy. Sounds like a D&D item or like a game item. <laughs> Come on. Then. I give you powder... powder of Sympathy. You will now sympathise with your enemy. Powder of Sympathy. Was it... Well, keep that in mind. Powder of Sympathy was used in the 17th century to treat sword wounds. My okay. But how was it applied? Okay. A. Dusted directly onto the open wound. A. B. Orally via a solution. Okay. Or C. Via the via the via the blade of a sword. Via the blade of a sword, because I'm gonna guess it wasn't powder of sympathy, as in sympathising and going. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I get the feeling it's gonna be powder of sympathy, where it was a type of poison or something which would kill them quicker, so that if they got a light wound, it they wouldn't feel the pain, they would die quicker. So you're definitely going with the sword. I'm going with the sword, yeah. You are both wrong and right. So it was applied okay. via the sword blade. Okay. It was probably poisonous and helped them definitely get infections and die quicker. Was it used to stop the bleeding by just having it coat the wound or something? Like, no, like so, the way that we would cauterize the wound now, but they used this. Kind, yeah, kind of. So the intention was that it was... So, Sir Kenham Digby was somewhat of a bigwig in the 17th century. He thought he had the cure for tons of different ailments, uh, but perhaps one of his most enduring remedies was the powder of sympathy. Uh, but he believed that the best way to treat sword wounds was... Uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But basically, the mixture itself wasn't applied to the wound itself. Right, it was to be applied to the weapon that had inflicted the wound. Somehow, it would invoke a connection that he dubbed sympathetic magic, uh, that would help heal the cut. So he made this powder that you'd coat your sword blade in. The idea being, if you cut someone, then it would obviously come off in in the wound, uh, and that would help start the healing process. So he believed that it was sympathetic. It was powder of sympathy. It was sympathy towards your enemies. I'm enemies, okay. I'm going to cut you. I don't really want to kill you, though, so I'm going to help you steal from that. Uh, however, it was a ground-up mixture of rust, pig brains, arsenic. worms, and corpses. Okay, yeah, never mind. Okay, I was waiting on arsenic or cyanide or something there. <laughs> no, man. Rust, pig brains, worms, and corpses. So I, I feel like it wasn't as sympathetic as he hoped it would be. I feel like it probably gave them gangrene. Among other things. Um, yeah. Especially oh, with powder, it, powdered sepsis. rust. Sepsis, yeah, many, many other diseases. And powdered corpses. Yeah. Again with the corpses. Always with um, the corpses. I, I'm, I'm here to help out people with arthritis this week. Because I have another cure for arthritis. Just in okay. case you don't want to sit inside a dead wheel. These cures are um, not recommended by taking off air. <laughs> I mean, if you find a wheel, there's no harm in trying. 
Another cure for arthritis. It, it, in within thirty hours, somebody might be there who might be pissed off that you could open a wheel and tighten it, though. So you know, mm-hmm. bear that in mind. Another cure for arthritis that didn't require climbing inside of a dead wheel. Okay. Did require climbing into a bath of what? A. Hot paraffin wax. B. Warm milk. Or C. Hot honey. Right, okay. The warm milk, I know the Cleopatra supposedly just bathed in milk anyway. So. Might be Northridge. Don't know about that one. Uh, the honey, that would be thick and gloopy as hell. The and wax. If it's too hot, it would burn, man. The wax would be gloopy as hell and it would just get stuck on your skin and you would. Like, you would end up having to go in the bath after having the bath in that, because you would just be covered in this wax that would, as soon as you're out of the warm bath, if it got to the temperature where it starts solidifying, it would just solidify on you and you would just be a walking wax sculpture. So I'm going to go that one. Was he going for the wax sculpture? <laughs> I'm, uh, going the, I'm going for the wax sculpture because I don't believe they would have had that much honey that you could have a bath and a honey for a treatment. To be fair, the, the the honey, if it was too hot and stuck to you, would burn because it would be like the whole sugary ball boiling water thing, as it would yeah. stick to your skin and keep burning. Yeah, um, yeah paraffin wax. Uh, so uh, it was thought that letting someone pour a huge amount of hot wax over you, um, uh, doctors claimed that taking paraffin wax baths could relieve joint pain, and it likely did help due to the warmth, but the benefits would have ended there. Uh, the practice went out of fashion, and today we rely on things like physical therapy, painkillers, and more. And having more, a normal warm more, bath. More what? More wax. Having a normal warm bath, probably, because, you know, the warmth is the thing that helped. Just have a shower or a bath, and there you go. You've got the same results as what they would have had. Yeah, in general, heat might help a little bit. It's not guaranteed to be... I mean, it's not... Like a miracle cure, like all the other things. I am going to cut in here quickly and just say... We're still waiting on the reply. If anybody knows how heavy Santa is, come on, we're still waiting on the reply. Why do we need to know how heavy Santa is? Because a couple of a few episodes ago, before I went away, the question was asked, how heavy would Santa be? How heavy is Santa? How heavy his sleigh would be? All that sort of stuff. I'm still waiting to find out how heavy Santa is. That's because I did physics. Exactly. Someone tell someone find Santa, go to the North Pole, go fuck off on a holiday to the North Pole, find Santa... Where someone that. that doesn't exist. Where <laughs> the mythological creature. Sort of like weighing Tinkerbell. It's not going to work, but do it. And then get back to her. Anyway, sorry, please continue with your quiz. I uh, just couldn't resist that. Uh, no, that's not helpful. Uh, where you go? Okay, I thought I'd try and be clever, but it's not going to work. I don't know why I thought this would work. I mean, go for it and we'll see. I googled how heavy was St. Nicholas. Because I am tired, so you know. How heavy is St. Nicholas? You're probably going to get the statue weight. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Also, Google was very helpfully suggesting how heavy is St. Bernard to, like, I give a shit. Like, that was anything (laughs) I was going for. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, that's not one person or one being; it's several thousands of a species. So I'm guessing that's variable. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm about to say that would vary depending on age, size, care. We're moving away from excellent product names and we're going to okay. visit the world of excellent book names. So Radathor and Powder of Sympathy is no longer. What is the new no, trend? They are, but we are going to talk about Bald's Leech Book. Bald's Leech Book. Okay. Yes. In Bald's Sounds like Leech a medical book. book. It was claimed that applying crab's eyes directly to the patient's what would cure puffy eyes like an allergic reaction, like what we'd use antihistamines for now. So you yeah. get a bit of hay fever. Get some crab's eyes, apply it directly to your A, right. eyes, B, neck, C, forehead. I see. I was unexpecting that there because I thought you were gonna. I thought the answers were gonna be ass, penis, and then like <laughs> mouth or something. Okay. No, because the, the kind of I don't know. I thought about that, but I thought I'd be sensible, make it harder for right. <laughs> So what was it? Neck, eyes, forehead. Yes. Right. Is it just crab's eyes? Actual crab's eyes, or is it like powdered or liquefied oh. or what? Or am it I was... not allowed to know? Uh, it was in Bald's Leech Book, it was claimed that anyone with swollen eyes simply needs to find a crab, cut the crab's eyes out, put it back into water, and apply the eyes directly to the patients, and this would cure them. Okay, I'm going to say eyeballs, just because the thought of someone deciding, okay, the way you cure puffy eyes is you're going to open the eyes like and a crab. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, it is actually what makes the least sense. I was a sensible one here. It's applied directly to the back of the patient's neck. Okay. No idea why. That wouldn't help at all, but okay. <laughs> that has no connection whatsoever. <laughs> That's why I thought forehead, because I thought if you thought eyes are like too direct, like it's not going to be put a crab's eye in your eye, you might think, well, put it next to That'll help the swollen. The swelling. But yeah, it's back on the... Google says Centre is £260. Thank you, Susie. What's that in English? <laughs> 260 pounds. Okay. What's that in stone? <laughs> okay. One second. 260 pounds is 18.5 stone. He's heavy. He's not a heavy man. He's double my attacked. weight. <laughs> it's more than double my weight. <coughs> no, I've definitely. Actually, no. Attacked. No, it I'm is. not 18 stone, by the way. It is just double my weight. Because I'm only about nine stone something, I think. That's because you weigh less than most humans' left legs. Yeah. I lost anyway. weight over Christmas. The questions in the second half are going to get better. Okay. And by better, I mean fucking stupider. Boiled what? Was used as a cure for gout in the Middle Ages. A. Boiled eggs. B. Boiled potatoes. Sea-boiled owl. You see, I'm sure I've seen a few different medieval shows which have showcased these remedies, but I cannot remember it for God's name. But potatoes weren't around back then. The owl, possibly, but it would have only been the higher class that probably had access to it, because, no, poultry was a main thing. What was the other one? Eggs. Eggs. I'm gonna say 
eggs because it was probably gonna it would probably be the most no because that would be the most common and most commonly available because everybody had their own animals well then that makes sense so it is just goat that's it just goats goats are good but so owl you going with owl yeah it is boiled owl yep Mm-hmm. Uh, what's amazing about this is that uh, the t- remedy to treat gout involved plugging, slicing open, cooking, and I think unnecessarily pulverizing an owl. <laughs> so you cook it and then you pulverize it. Apparently, you plug it, you slice, you plug it, you slice it open, you cook it. You think that guy's cooking owl, and then he pulls it out and pulverizes the shit out of it. <laughs> uh, once you've done that, you would gently rub the guts over the source of the pain. It's nice to know that after you've pulverised the owl, you're gentle with it. Uh, gently rub the guts over the source of the pain. Uh, yeah, as opposed to now we'll just take drugs okay. to limit the uric no, acid that your body okay. makes. So that does actually answer one of my questions, which was, it says slice <laughs> open, it never says anything about degut or take, like, empty out the owl or anything. But no, it's legitimately, you just slice it open so that it can bleed out. You cook the bastard, and you then you pulverize, you pulverize it so that all of the organs and everything are just mushed together, and then you apply the mush. And then you gently apply the guts to the affected area. The mush. It would be mush if you pulverized it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pulverize owls, kids. If you've plucked them and cooked them, that's enough. <laughs> uh, you need to wiggle your headset, too, to have a little bit of equity. <laughs> ah, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I wonder how. I wonder how. Um. There we go. I wonder how Thank the. You. Yeah, I wonder how I will taste. Well, I mean, everyone says everything tastes like chicken. I know, but I want to know how I will taste now. I found a subscription box where you can get meat delivered to you. Can I go I to Harry Potter land and take head? I don't know about owl, but it does deliver zebra or crocodile or ostrich steaks. I feel like owl might be protected because they are... They, it depends mm, on species. They're not, they're if you eat a barn owl, you're in real trouble. Yeah. So don't go after Hedwig. <laughs> Menopause can be unpleasant, often indu- inducing mood changes. Hot what a swing. But which of the following Chinese exports were thought to help? A. Orbium. I couldn't right. resist. Yeah, of course. B. Tea. Right. Or C. Silk. Now, you see, I thought you were going to say something like ti- ti- uh, powdered tiger's claw or something, but okay. Uh, so, to cure menopause, either silk, tea, or Opium. Mm. Now, one would assume opium, because it was advertised as a cure for everything back then, and it was just everybody would get addicted to it. Mm. But I know that tea and tea was a lot more common, and silks would have been less common, but they would have been highly fashionable and all that sort of stuff. I am going to say that the reason that fem- that a lot of female products and advertisements for female clothes and stuff are B, 
became reliant on silks and the feel and the look of silk is because of this, because that would make it a lot more interesting than it just being the fact that it's a nice material. So you're going for the whole. I'm going volume. for. I'm going for silks. Cure. Are you going for silks. I'm going for the fact that silks cured because that would be far more interesting than the reason of people like silk just because it feels good. The silk is the incorrect. Yeah, I assumed. Okay, was it the opium or was it the tea? A lot of unpleasant side effects that come with menopause from mood changes, hot flashes. Menopause occurs when a woman reaches her 40s or 50s. Her ovaries no longer produce hormones, which can cause the body to go through withdrawals. Most treatments focus on the relief of symptoms. Uh, though estrogen therapy is more common now, doctors years ago didn't hesitate to prescribe good old-fashioned opium to menopause sufferers. Yeah, yeah, there it <laughs> is. Opium, a highly addictive narcotic, might have knocked out the pain and unpleasantness of menopause, but doctors realised over time that the severe ramifications of this drug far outweighed the benefits. Yes. Just a yeah. little bit. Right, bear with us a second. Dude, you got, you got the first three. Well, I'm just doing a little tot up. Oh, was that oh, all the questions? No. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just doing a little check. So... Okay. I feel like I've fallen down the deep end eight. since your last check. No, no. You're actually doing quite well. You got eight, so you only need three more. Uh, and there are five. I've seen you three out of five in the last half, in the last few. Yeah, so I've been doing really yeah, badly okay. at this last bit. <laughs> you d- you've done okay. brilliant at the start, and then you've done kind of yeah, in the middle. It's because so, I'm trying to apply too much logic. I know. So, do you want to continue with your logic? I'm going to try and turn the logic brain off. Come on, then. You will have to, because there is nothing logical about anything that I've got written on this next question. Bring it on. Physician and astronomer... Ali ibn Isa right. said in 940 CE that what would cure migraines? He was actually a pioneer for this technique. Was it A, pouring vomit into your eyes? B, uh, tying a dead mole to your head? Or was it C, 24 hours in a dark cave? I mean, 24 hours in a dark cave would cure your migraine because you wouldn't have the light sensitivity and everything. But it would probably also have other effects. The vomit in the eyes would cure the migraine because you would go blind. (laughs) And the mole on the head feels just like your type of addition, just because I know that you love the thought of having hats and, like, mall hats and all that sort of shit, so my brain says cave, my heart says vomit in the eyes, so vomit in the eyes. You have misjudged me, it's tying a dead mole to your head, vomit in the eyes was my addition. (laughs) Oh, man! Oh, no! It's because I know that you love putting like badgers and stuff on your head in games and whenever you can and <laughs> badgers stuff on like that. that. So. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, uh, ancient 10th century physicians thought that binding a dead mole to the head of a migraine sufferer would take away the pain of a headache. 
Uh, compared to some other treatments, this was a pretty mild one. For one remedy, doctors would actually carve it into the bone of the skull and chisel it down. So okay, you, so, you, so, so you, your migraines <laughs> were caused by having too much skull. I like well, how it specifies it was treated. a dead mole. I like how it specifies it was a dead mole, as well, if yeah, they I'll... originally tested it with a live mole trying to put on your head, I, and then they realised it was trying to dig through you. I don't know moles too well, but I think a live mole might put up a lot more resistance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. So we're on the home stretcher on the last four. I tell you what, you've got eight. If you can get two out of these last four and get yourself to ten, I'll give you the prize. Okay. Right. So you got to really concentrate now. Okay. Because you want this prize. <laughs> okay, come on. A mixture of white wine, saffron, turmeric, and which other vital ingredient was used to treat jaund- a jaundice patient by restoring consciousness. That's a quote, restoring consciousness. So a mixture okay. of white wine, saffron, turmeric, and what other ingredient? A, right. sheep B, venom, or C, ground up beetles. Snake I wrote venom. that and then started laughing at myself. I felt the need to specify I didn't mean the band of beetles. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> I think it was obvious, but I just thought I'd clarify. <laughs> Don't grind up Paul Why? McCartney. <laughs> Why is that what you thought you needed to clarify? I don't know, because I just thought I don't want people to go grinding up Paul McCartney in their spare time, thinking it's going to help that. What's this for? Jaundice. You know, of all the people that suffer from jaundice nowadays. <laughs> oh. John Lennon was assassinated so people could cure jaundice. That's what it was. They were trying to... Somebody knew had jaundice. It was a complete <laughs> misunderstanding. <laughs> they had read the wrong term in the book. Okay, I'm going to say snake venom. Just because ground-up beetles sounds like something that would actually be used, but it sounds more Egyptian than anything else. I'm going to say snake venom. You're going for snake venom? Yeah. In the 1700s, there were a lot of wacky medical treatments. One way to cure jaundice, which can cause dizziness, fainting, and among other unpleasant side effects, such as yellow skin, was to make a portion from white wine, right? Yeah. Turmeric, saffron, and sheep bowels, specifically oh, sheep, sheep dung. Mix fuck it together. Sake. So you're wrong. It's because I know there's things like snake oil, so part of my brain just thought, yeah, they would have made some sort of portion from it. Yeah, your brain knows that. My brain also knows that, which is why Snake Venom was me. <laughs> yeah, dick. Now, I thought of ground beetles, and then yeah, okay, I, I went off on a tangent there. But so you've got you've got to think of what sounds like. Your logic before was correct on what sounds like would have been me. I I would have thought if I was you that I would wrote them all. Which yeah. is why I went for the vomit in the eyes was the next thing that came to my head logically. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Which was apparently so fucking crazy that you thought, well, he didn't think of that. That's got to be it. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy that it sounds like the type of thing some batshit crazy inventor. It from before Christ, was it before Christ or after Christ? It was nine forty CE, so it was was a long time. Yeah, so us. it it does sound very much like the type of thing someone back then would just go fuck it. That's a cure. <laughs> 
Maybe I'm a. I'm gonna put that on my business card. What you've come back from nine oh four CE or something? Inventor. What was he? An astronomer, and physician of the past, or something? Astro- physician and astronomer. <laughs> astronomer. 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 Put that on a t-shirt. Astronomer. Oh, for fuck's sake! Uh, question number nineteen, Kyle. You've still got two more to get out of the next three. When it looks like I've wrote buffering, I've wrote suffering. When suffering from a sore throat from strep, what was thought to help? A. Drinking urine. B. Ingesting the white coating of an old poo. Or C. Inhaling carbon monoxide. Right, okay. Do that one again? <laughs> I was busy typing, sorry. Looks sick. <laughs> <laughs> When suffering from a sore throat from a strep. Strep? So, what stress. Was... Yeah, well, yeah. What yeah. was commonly thought to help? A, right. drinking urine. Right. B, ingesting the white coating of an old poo. Right. Or C, inhaling carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Dude... It's ingesting the white coating of an old dog poo. Oh, fuck's sake, man. Like, <laughs> carbon monoxide, it feels like it should get you high anyway, so, like, you know. So, sore throats can be caused by any number of ailments, from something as minor as allergies to something as major as strep throat. Sore throats are often a symptom of some underlying disease, and the remedy today is to treat the underlying cause in order to relieve pain. Popping a pill sounds way more pleasant than the medieval style of remedy of using dung to cure a sore throat. That's right, the white coating on dried canine feces was the go-to treatment, not only for sore throats, but also for lung problems. What we've learned throughout this quiz is that during olden times, people loved using poo to cure anything and everything. Do you know what I learned? Like, four of the answers have been, have some poo. Do you know what I learned? This is genuinely quite interesting. Okay. You know, when we were young, yes. and we used to run about the streets and cause chaos, you'd quite often see someone hadn't picked up the poo, and after a week or so, it turned white. When yes. Yeah. When was the last time you seen a white poo? Because uh, that doesn't si- happen anymore. Since they brought in the fines that said if you don't pick up your dog poo, you have to pay 200 quid. Well, no, because a lot of people still leave shit lying about. My point a lot is, of people does... still leave shit lying about, but it usually ends up being yeah. out of sight now, out of mind, like in grass now. Nah, dude. Yeah, but even then, it doesn't go white, and the reason it doesn't go white is because they change the chemicals and stuff to put in dog food. It doesn't go white anymore, man. The white, fluffy dog poos of our youth are gone, man. They're taking everything from us. In which case, <laughs> what was causing the white, fluffy dog poos? I don't know. Something in dog food, apparently. But... That makes no sense because if they've been do if they've been using it as a remedy since medieval times, were they feeding them the same food in the medieval times? In which case, uh, what dog food was it? Unless it, it's the meats and stuff, and now it's a lot more processed, so there's certain chemicals and stuff taken out that might have been not great, or there's been stuff added in that counteracts it. I don't know. It but, might yeah. have been. It, it might have been just like raw meat. It might have been the fact that we stopped putting raw meat into the food or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Who knows? Okay. Right, Kyle, you need to smash the last two, and these are horrifyingly bad. In okay. fact, I'm going to... Yeah, okay, right. I'm not going to get them, but okay. Back to the Middle Ages. Right. This time... The time zone kind of helps with how wacky things could and cannot be, so... Yeah. This time, to treat what? With a hot poker. Right. A. Hemorrhoids. Yeah. B. Sword wounds. Right. C. Infidelity. Right. Sword sword wounds, yes, because they would cauterize the wound, but that was common knowledge. Uh, infidelity, you can't cure infidelity because isn't that... Like, my brain might be getting mixed up here, but isn't that just cheating on your wife? Yeah, so it could be... So it, so it wouldn't be whatever. a cure, it would be a punishment. But the, what you've got to think is in medieval times, it would be a punishment, but they would have thought that removing the testicles removes the testosterone, removes that urge. Yeah, but what was the what was the other one? It hemorrhoids. was uh, hemorrhoids. Yeah, why not? I can imagine. I can imagine a medieval person deciding that's a cure for that. Yeah. I'm just drilling myself. Well done. It's infidelity, isn't it? I'm strapped in. In the worst cases, it can feel as though there is a hot iron pressing into your skin. So it's mind-blowing that people use this to treat an anal ailment with actual burning pieces of metal. Then again, if you have a third-degree burn on your anus, you're probably not going to focus on your hemorrhoids. An yes. actual historical treatment for hemorrhoids was to stick a glowing red-hot iron poker up your anus until the hemorrhoids sizzled and burst. While it would kill the hemorrhoid, the problems resulted from ensuing injury to your anus were far more deadly than a painful lump. Yeah. Yeah. Ow. Ow. Ow, 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 ow. As me and you both know, for just uh, everybody listen, me and Stefan Whoa, went, to, went to a blacksmith's course, so we have seen the red-hot metal, and we have felt how hot it is just feeling not the other anally. end of the metal while it's red-hot. <laughs> yeah, not only. We have felt the metal <laughs> rod while from the other end while it was red-hot on the mm. other side. Yeah. Clever cocky, I tried to pick Just... his up barehanded because it was the cold and it's metal, man. You had a moment. <laughs> I did have a moment. I had an amazing moment. Okay. One end glowing red, the other the other end about 16 inches away. That'll be fine. No, Kyle, it will not be fine. <laughs> Stupid thing is, the, the guy who gave the course at the very start oh. said, it will look cool. Don't. It will not feel cool. And then Domas Kyle, an hour later, completely forgot what he had said. <laughs> yeah, I'm pleased it was hot enough that you felt the heat before you touched it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I touched it and it immediately went into the quenching tank. Right, With Kyle, an ow. <laughs> if you get this one, yeah. you will get a prize. So we've managed to do it so that it comes down to the last question. It is, and I've actually, this was the second to last question, and I've left it for the last. Okay. Because if you thought this was bad... <laughs> okay, bring it. If you thought... Of red hot pork or in the anus. 
What dangerous substance was used to cure impotence? Impotence, okay. Yes. A, arsenic. Mm-hmm. B, cocaine. Mm-hmm. Or C, radium. Radium. You think radium? I think radium, because I think we've already had arsenic, and I feel like arsenic would have been a cure for it, but I feel, I'm sure there was treatments where they would do radioactive treatment, because because it made the cells change or something, people thought it was curing it, but it was actually just fucking it up more or something. Your logic of we've already had arsenic, we've already had radium, because radithal. I know, but I feel like radio, radioactive therapy, we've had loads of radioactive therapies in the past, a lot of them did more harm than good, but people stuck at it because they thought it worked at the time. So I'm going to stick with radium. This is the most horrifying thing I've ever read. Okay. Today, Viagra is a pretty common medication. Impotence affects Supplied by Pfizer. If yeah. it can raise the dead, it can stop you getting COVID. Fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, affects millions of men a year, and many of those men do seek treatment from doctors or counsellors. Uh, there are a lot of alternatives to prescription medication, as research has shown that lifestyle changes and therapy can also help fix erectile dysfunction. Yes. But before all that, there was a much more brutal treatment. Yes. Wax rods made with radium were yes! inserted into the urethra yes! to treat ED. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. That was literally down Wax to the wire. Wax rods infused with into radium. The ure- Dude. Into the urethra. The... And there was also the radio indoctrinator, which would help as well, which was basically a booklet of cards made with radium. Uh, and it was thought that if you place the booklet into your undergarments, it would help fix impotence. That, no. Right, so no. How, many people, how many people's penises rotted off because they were putting uranium up the re- urethra? Dude, radium, and they were putting radium cards in their underpants. I mean, that's bad enough, but putting it actually inside you. Dude, in your urethra, man. Not the urethra. <laughs> right, Kyle. It's a whole different kink. It's not good. Um, it really isn't. I, you've got Both. ten. You've got ten right here. Now, you said I said I was going to possibly be nice, and you said uh, that you said you, well, you said more than half. So you said eleven or more. I. Do have written 21 questions, 10 or more correct for a prize. Okay. You've got 10. I'll stick to what I've got written down, which is what I had originally. Okay. I will sort out your prize, and you should so be able to unveil nice. it. You should be able to unveil it on next week's uh, episode. You have a, you have, you've got a prize. I get your prize. I honestly didn't expect that to be an actual I thought the yeah, prize was going to be. And, and he has a fun extra fact. No, genuinely, I'm going to get your prize. I've got it planned. I just didn't want to get it because I don't want it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I have no use for it. I could have gotten it, I suppose, and kept hold of it. I have no use for it, personally. Does this mean I have a use for it? Yeah. Okay, I'm concerned. You'll love it, man. You'll love it. You've never gotten a prize on any of my quizzes before. You should be buzzing. I haven't. I am buzzing. But I'm also (laughs) concerned. (laughs) (laughs) 
awesome. Okay, that's not unfounded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <coughs> right. Oh, hi. Well, oh, Christ. Join us next week where you'll find out what Kyle won. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to Quiz Night, which was the return of me coming back because I've been off for a while. I've been down Manchester. And yeah. Jesus, okay. And remember to stay away from dead whales, many different forms of poo. Don't unnecessarily pulverize owls. Don't crush the beetles or what's left of them. They're not all left. Um, and stay away from dead whales. Did I already say that? You already said don't that. Don't stick the, 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 radiation the you in missed. your underpants. Yeah, that's the one that you missed, funny enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I, funny enough, out of all of them, Kyle, I thought that sticking a wax rod of uh, radium in your urethra was the one that didn't need a warning against. Yeah. However, if anybody does, if anybody does have a bottle of bottle of can or whatever container of Radithor, the tiny little like I can't do it because it's in front of my fucking. Yeah, it'll be like a tiny little pot or something, won't it? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, please, uh, please, please uh, let me know if you if you've had any. Or if like not if you've had any, but if you've seen any like around, like if you've been going through your granddad's stuff and you've found it or whatever, let me know because that's just mad. You but can't yeah. get Rathor anymore, man. I know, but I feel like someone like there'll be a hoarder somewhere that'll still have a bottle of it somewhere. More than likely. I mean, there's got to be. There's a guy <laughs> who had a hundred-year-old tin of peaches or whatever the hell it was. Oh, there's going to be something. But yeah, uh, I don't. Who knows who's here next week? I will. Yeah. If you like this episode, let us know because I will randomly hijack episodes with won't always be medical, but with random batch of things, and I will give prizes out. If I can get a chance where everybody's on, I will make a themed and absolute batch of crazy quiz as I have now. You can compete against each other for a prize. That's my next experiment. Awesome! I enjoy it. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yes, let me know if you enjoyed that. Thank you very much for listening. It has been a pleasure, dear sir. I look forward to the prize. You guys will have to find out next week. Uh, I, am going to, I am going to leave you with the with the logic and beautiful insight that the reason monks are able to find enlightenment is because they stay the fuck away from people. Okay, that's, yeah, that makes sense. Thank you all. Bye. Bye.